Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me. I'm your host, Tom Sutton. It's been a while. I've been, uh, you know, just kind of getting on with life. Um, still doing Star Wars stuff, but uh, doing lots of other stuff as well. You know, walking up hills, looking at the views from those hills. That uh, That's good life-affirming stuff right there. Um, one big, cool Star Wars thing I did... Um, reasonably recently was I went to see The Force Awakens with the orchestra doing the soundtrack. Um, it was in Brisbane. Uh, awesome. Loved it. I mean, that movie time and time again just hits the spot for me. I love it so much. It was wonderful to see with an audience. Um, just to it was so cool to have like big, those kind of big moments like, uh, for example, um, Ray and Finn's um, Millennium Falcon scene, you know, through the remains of the Star Destroyer on Jakku. And when, you know, that final TIE fighter gets wiped out, you just get this, you know, like um, applause from the audience. So cool. Um, uh, big thumbs down to the dickhead next to me who was there with, uh, a nice lady who, for ch like, you know, that bit that people fucking complain about that just like, I just like, shut up. Um, when they get back to the, you know, the resistance base and Chewie walks past Leia and doesn't give her a hug. And the whole Star Wars internet acts like it's like a crime against humanity. Oh, why didn't Chewie hug Leia when after Han died? I'm like, there's other, there's another hug in the movie. There's other hugs in the original trilogy. Go watch them. If you're so desperate to see Chewie hug Leia, oh my God, uh, give it a rest. And I just heard the dude like, see, oh, he didn't even hug you. Know, and I was just like, dude, you're in a, this is like a live show. We're here to like enjoy ourselves. And you have to sit there like being Mr. Internet. Oh, I just wanted to elbow, elbow him in the eye socket. <laughs> uh, but besides him, it was a bloody good experience. And um, yeah, just reaffirms how much I love that movie. Um, what else have we been doing? Um, watch the original trilogy again. I, you know, oh my God, I went through this stuff. I've, I've talked before on the podcast about how happy I was to find really excellent quality despecialized versions, 4K despecialized versions. They are now my go-to uh, versions. Now, since moving and since getting this nice big TV, uh, I hadn't watched them and I, I chucked the USB sticks in the back of the TV. It's the same brand as the, the TV I had. As I, it's the same brand as t, of TV I had before. I didn't foresee that uh, any problem. I didn't foresee any problems. What actually happened is like uh, the the file started like freezing as it was playing, and I was like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" The effort I went to getting you know to getting these, and now. Um, they're not even working, especially now when I've got this amazing TV that I want to watch them on. Surround sound, all the all the good stuff. Anyway, the solution was very simple. I just erased those files and re-copied uh, them over from uh, my hard drive and they worked perfectly. So, 
good time. Uh, yeah, just endlessly, endlessly brilliant, those films, as we all know. All right. That's the latest stuff. Now, let's get to the meat of today's episode. Um I will probably get it into it into it into this in this conversation, but one of the most unexpected uh, side effects of me moving back to Australia has been that I have gone obsessed with cricket. I watched cricket as a kid. I played cricket as a kid. Um, used to watch, you know, that that classic era with Alan Border and Craig McDermott and Steve War and Mark Taylor and. Uh, those were good days, but since then I, you know, I wasn't uninterested in cricket, but I was in Japan. There was no way I could watch it. Then I was in Sweden. There was no way I could watch it. I mean, and I kind of forgot about cricket and, um, coming back to Australia, that has, uh, done a complete 180 and I am in love with it. I just can't stop. Um, so actually what happened was, uh, of course, you know, I started, uh, first thing I did was look for cricketing podcasts that I could listen to. I started listening to the fantastic um, Cricket Unfiltered podcast, um, mainly hosted by uh, a bloke called Menners. And um, I had like, I just had questions, you know, when, you've, when you're away for a, from a sport for that long, you just, you have uh, things that don't make sense or that they've changed and uh, I just wrote to I wrote to him and um, asked those questions and he actually answered and when he answered he said by the way we'd love to talk Star Wars sometimes so I was like let's do it man so here we go uh, my juicy hour and a half long conversation with the very excellent menners from the very excellent cricket unfiltered podcast. Check it out. It is my great pleasure to welcome to the podcast, the founder of the Piccolo Podcast Network, as well as the host of the unmissable Cricket Unfiltered podcast, Menas. Menas, how are you doing? G'day, Tom. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, I am pretty excited. I'm a huge fan of uh, your podcast. Um, for, for people who know me, they might be a little bit surprised to hear that Going from being someone who didn't watch sport at all, uh, you know, probably since the age of about 15 or 16, I would have stopped. And then recently moving back to Australia, I somehow have fallen head over heels in love with cricket once more. And um, men, as your podcast has been um, actually with me for a large part of this journey so far already. So oh, thank you for that. That's great to hear. How, how did you find the podcast? I just went to went to Apple Podcasts and typed in cricket, <laughs> and it, and it came up. And um, obviously, being Australian and being here in Australia, I thought it would be nice to get a bit of a, an an Australian um, point of view. Um, and well, it's uh, interesting because the reverse has kind of happened for me. That really, you may have drifted away from cricket. Well, mm. it, with Star Wars, that was similar to me. You know, I drifted away a little mm. bit, and now I'm back into Star Wars more than ever, a bit like you and your cricket. Yeah, but like it's like these mirror images happening uh, for us. That's fantastic. Good. So um, I actually want to get started from the start. Can Like 
I, I, I've often told people I actually don't have early memories of Star Wars because I was too young. Um, obviously, uh, there's bits and pieces once we get towards like Return of the Jedi. But um, for you, what, what, where did it start? Like, what are your earliest memories of it? So I was born in 1976, so obviously not around Same. for a new. There we go. So yeah. not around for a new hope. Mm. Very um, good memories of Empire Strikes Back as being very young and obviously got to go to Return of the Jedi at the cinema. But, yep. you know, my, my brother says, my older brother who's nine years older than me, he says that whenever he used to come in, I was always watching Star Wars. That's what he <laughs> says. I was always watching Star Wars and you get it on the VHS tape and I would just burn through them. Um, so yeah, like you, because it happened so early, I couldn't tell you the first time I saw Star Wars, um, mm. but it, it's always been there. I vividly remember getting the toys more than anything. I mean, I remember yeah. getting the Ewok uh, village. Um, mm, you know, when really, you had the village. Out, I had the village. So damn, that's uh, good. I wish I still had it too. Um, so yeah, that's where it started. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, I actually some time ago thought. I'm going to try to get to the bottom of this. And I actually asked my parents, you know, like, how, how did this start? And my mom said, don't remember. And my dad said, because he's like one of these like encyclopedic brain types. He goes, I remember I took you and your friends to a Star Wars movie in uh, 1980. And I was like, well, it must have been Empire Strikes Back. Mm. But later we were talking about it a bit more and, and he – he kept saying things that definitely were not in Empire Strikes Back. In fact, he said, you know, it had that, that you know, that like bar or that cantina. And I was like, that's not Empire Strikes Back. So I, I guess I should really look into it. But, I, you know, in Australia, they actually did re-releases later on. So it wouldn't surprise me if he took us maybe to a, a re-release of A New Hope in 1980. But who knows? Yeah. Wow. Well, they did. I think they did screen A New Hope almost every summer for a while after its release. It was such a monster hit. That's, uh, I, I'm assuming that's that's probably how it happened. Okay. So uh, you had the Ewok Village. Well, tell us a bit more about, like, what else did you have in the collection at the time? Look, I can't remember. I had I had a ton of stuff. And I remember, mm. you know, I just destroyed it all. Like, you know, by the end I was, like, pouring talcum powder on it to turn it into the hot planet <laughs> and I was doing all sorts of stuff. So it was probably not in a very good condition. But, you know, it's interesting you speak about those, um, seeing them on the big screen. Well, just mm. recently I got to go to see the original trilogy on the big screen at Dendi in Newtown and it was okay. Superb. I mean, you know, we talk about, I talk about not being able to see A New Hope on the big screen the first time. Well, this was the 1997 prints on 35 millimeter. Mm -hmm. So it, it had some changes that George did. So it wasn't exactly the original uh, from 77, but it didn't have all the changes you see now in Disney Plus. So the Emperor's the old Emperor, not with the red That's eyes. Right. You're right. Um, and you've... Boba Fett's voice would have been. Old That's Bob it. It's, it's not um, what um, Tim. So, um, so yeah, I really enjoyed seeing the original three like that. It was back to back. They had like a 15, 20 minute break in between. Uh, the crowd would, I would say, was fairly subdued. Like I reckon mm. in America, like everyone would be dressed up. Um, right. But there was a lot of T-shirts. Um, there was a lot of people about our age, um, you know, that were, were going. And it was exceptional. Like, on the big screen, they just come mm. alive. And seeing them in print, not digital, like you still get the little imperfections in the film. Um, yeah, it was it was a magical day. 
That's amazing. So take us through those those three then because I, I think something that's great about Star Wars is that every time you watch them, there's a bit something different in the experience. And so now you're seeing them with a crowd, you're seeing them on the big screen. What what kind of um, what was different about this experience besides you know the the big screenness of it? I guess the fact that I'm such a, a stupid Star Wars obsessive now that the whole time mm. you're looking for what's different and you know <laughs> what have they done in the new one? What was the old one? And um, mm-hmm. but but I just think the one thing that really strikes you when you see them in the big screen like that mm. is and and when, remember when you when you you know I've seen them you know thousands of times. They the pace of them is so great, mm. you know. They they just really keep you hooked in the whole time, even when you've seen them all that. Um, but you know, recently I did a, a Star Wars rewatch, and that's mm. really where I think we can get into the meat of my Star Wars obsession. Let's do it. So, um, you mentioned like a little bit of a drifting away. Yes. What, can you like pinpoint exactly the 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 years where that was happening? Was it as far back as like? <laughs> the 90s or are we talking more like no no because i remember like in 97 when they Mm. re-released the original trilogy and put them at the cinema i saw them all two or three times Uh, it was probably after the prequel trilogy i was probably not quite in tune with the prequel trilogy as i am now uh then so I, I probably drifted away a bit after the prequel trilogy. I was never a Clone Wars fan when it was mm. originally airing. So there was probably the lost years, you know, when I drifted into the wilderness, watched other shows, oh uh, lived a life, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but but then, I mean, I think what brought me back was the Force Awakens oh, yeah. um, brought me back. Just such a great family movie. The kids loved it got to see it in America when it came out. I mean, that was just a feel-good film. So that brought me back in. Last Jedi almost tore me away, but mm-hmm. I survived. Mm-hmm. And then I think the the sort of the final piece of the puzzle was mm. Disney+. Plus. Having Star Wars in every form on demand is the greatest thing. It is just, it is just makes it so easy, you know. You could watch A New Hope, you know, whenever you want. You don't even have to yep. get up. So it's crazy. Uh, Can you imagine going back and telling your like 10-year-old self, like, in the future, there will be a TV channel. It is just Star Wars. All you have to do is press a single button and you're watching Star Wars. It would have blown our minds. Absolutely. And that that's it did it has blown my mind. And mm. um so I think that's the thing that's really, you know, really brought me back in. And I think the Star Wars community has really come alive. Like it's in the last few years, the celebrations have been off the charts. The podcasting has been off the charts. I mean, that was going to be one of my uh, my questions for you. So you are in that case, you are listening to podcasts. You are uh, like um, checking out. I mean, I've only been to one Star Wars celebration. It was in Japan when I was living there. Mm. Sadly, it always seems like the best time. I'm pretty jealous of people who get to go. But so you are involved kind of in the, in the fan community then i listen to a lot of podcasts on mm. star wars so a lot yeah you yep. know that's for, you know hours a week and i would love to go to a celebration it's a real dream of mine mm. um the next one is going to be in japan so i don't think i'll be going there because i want to go to america where the fans will just go nuts for it so it'll be probably the one out i can't even remember when 2025 maybe i think they're doing 2024 in japan and or 2025 in Japan. 25, 25 in Japan, yeah. 
and then the one after that. So it's a bit of a, a, a way and disappointing that I didn't go to, I mean, the, the celebration just after COVID in Anaheim looked wild. I mean, yeah. that was a scene. I mean, I would just mm-hmm. love to have been there. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you there. I, uh, I've said the same thing. Like, um, what you see in celebration now, especially with that live stage where it's just like the you know people come out, they do a quick interview, everyone's there going nuts. Um, I don't see how that works as well in Japan, where everything is going through a translator both ways. And because uh, you know when I when I went to celebration Japan um, two thousand eight or nine, it wasn't what it is now, the fandom at all. So it was just good times had a, i loved it i had a fantastic time but now it's just as you said it's like super exciting and um if i go to a, a celebration for me too i will aim for something in the u.s yeah. okay so you did you did the saga rewatch yes um you mentioned that um the prequels didn't click for you uh exactly back in the day about that you kind of changed changed how you feel about them now so i guess yes. when you did so- the saga rewatch that's where you started so shall we start yeah. start there then Absolutely. So let me. So around the end of the cricket season, as we discussed before, I'm a, I'm a cricket junkie. So when the big bash and the domestic cricket started to taper off, with Ahsoka coming out in August, which I'm very excited about. Oh, we, uh, yeah, that's on the list. We're talking about that for sure. I'm hopping mad about that. So I thought I'm going to watch Star Wars because they've got it in Disney Plus. Star Wars in timeline order. So mm. I thought I'm going to watch everything, all the movies, all the TV shows everything in timeline order, as is in the app. And I gave myself a couple of rules. First rule was I couldn't really watch anything else. Like I just decided if this is going to work to get Mm -hmm. the overall pace and the arc, you got to do it quickly. Like you can't drag this out over a year. It's got to be just smash it out in a couple of months. So that's what I did. Didn't watch anything else. And I also um, decided that with the Clone Wars and Rebels, Mm. Because they're so long, Clone Wars. I just sort of picked the about half the episodes that are for the main story arc stuff. Yep. Rebels. I picked again, probably not as many, but the main story arc stuff. We'll get to Rebels. There's some tough episodes in there, and then Resistance. Yep. The, the, the shit, the shittiest cartoon in Star Wars history. Really stinky. <laughs> I, I picked the seven. worse than droids. Or uh, I think so. He walks out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that was the rules. Um, and then, so I started at Phantom Menace, and it was exhilarating. I mean, it is a, mm. a wild ride. I loved, mm. I loved it originally when I saw it in 1999 in Amsterdam. I was living mm-hmm. there. I remember going and um, a couple of my, my my friend did like a fake lightsaber fight at the front. And, wow. you know, apart from Jar Jar Binks and the midichlorians, it is a really fun ride. When you get over that, I think it's electric, electric stuff. So Phantom Menace, then into Attack of the Clones, and this yep. is where the Clone Wars cartoon really pays off. It's, Without, I mean, yeah. I don't think, I, I think that people now when they are discuss, discussing the prequels, the Clone Wars is a part of how they're expressing themselves and what they're talking about, whether they mm. mean it to be or not because you can't separate the two anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the problem with Attack of the Clones going into Revenge of the Sith is you don't really get what happened to Anakin. 
he just all of a sudden flips out. They they try and tell you the story, but there's not enough time. They, no. they you know George probably needed another film or two in there to tell it. So um, totally. when you get the context of the Clone Wars cartoon and mm. it builds these characters out in ways that aren't in the films, then I see that those films as an extension of the Clone Wars, not the mm. other way around. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think. Um, to me, one of the greatest contributions that the Clone Wars made to to that to Anakin's fall was what happens to Ahsoka and how she is, you know, accused of um, this terrorist act and gets locked up. Uh, and um, she, you know, once once it all gets worked out, then the, you know the the Jedi say, oh, "Sorry, uh, that was that was our mistake. Uh, you're very welcome back." And she actually says no. Mm, I mean that and that's just that it's see, just for, to build on like why he could maybe turn yeah. on the Jedi the way he did because without that you're like it's a little bit like oh okay <laughs> that was quick uh, as you said and um so but you I also think that's see the manipulation you also mm. see the manipulation of the Empress slowly on mm. um Anakin and you know with the Clone Wars it's very interesting because I was lucky enough to come to it just in the last few years as the season seven came out. So I was able to just watch it all like it was all there. But I can only imagine the pain of the fans where after season five they thought it was gone Mm -hmm. and it ended with Ahsoka um, walking out of the temple. I mean, you know, that arc is some of the most beautiful storytelling in Star Wars. And it, it is just so amazing the way they were able to just nail it like that. And, you know, when I first saw that, I couldn't believe that she was walking out. Like yeah. it was shocking. So I can only imagine yeah. the, the fans when it was first released, they're like, and are we ever going to get another episode? Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's funny because, like, uh, like uh, I much prefer the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy to that era. Um, Interesting. Where, yeah. Um, but... Um, even me when they I think it was at celebration somewhere. Even me when they did that announcement, like yeah. teaser video or something, like Clone yeah. Wars is coming back, we're going to finish it. My like hair was standing up. I was like I got teary, you know. Like you know, I can't remember it exactly, but it was this kind of a camera shot going through all these clone helmets, and and I was just like, and I was kind of happy for that generation actually, because you know, mm. uh, like there's there's Star Wars stuff we all like like or don't like and whatever. But I, I try to be a, a you know a, like a not a selfish dickhead about it and just be like, yeah, there's a whole generation that like it's not even the prequels it's the clone wars specifically that they're mm. star wars and um i was really like overjoyed for them in that moment so um yeah nice but i mean clone wars like like you said there's and just with that thing that you said about like now i can binge it all i remember watching them as they came out because there are some arcs that are like not essential to be honest and when you're like, like all right what's it going to be this week and it's 22 minutes of like C-3PO and, and R2-D2 looking for fruit for a cake for Padme or something, and you're just like, all right. But when you watch it all in, like, when you binge it, basically, it works much better, actually. So um, mm, I, I I'm understand actually, what you're saying. I'm actually doing a rewatch of The Clone Wars in, in mm. chronological order. There's a Best podcast. way to do it. What mm. is the podcast? I'll give them a shout-out. It is The Clone Wars Strikes Back. It's the people that do the Star Wars Underworld podcast. Oh, yeah. Ten. I know Star Wars Underworld. Well, there Underworld, you go. Yeah. 
so about 10 years ago they recorded this, but that's the great thing about podcasts. And so I'm re-watching it in uh, arc order and mm. chronologically because if there's some like in season two that should be in season one. Anyway. Um, so, love, so, yeah, Loved Attack of the Clones, yep. which gets a hard, uh, gets a bad rap, but actually, again, very good. Um, then, then the Clone Wars, you know, smash through it and then you get mm. to sort of the newer stuff, season six or seven, and the animation just is strikingly good. It's insane that that's a TV show because it really is like a, like big screen, you know, like Pixar or DreamWorks or whatever level mm. animation on TV. It's incredible. So I love that. But then, you know, just inc- one of the, the highlights of the whole rewatch was being able to watch the end of the Clone Wars arc in Season 7 with the, the merge of Revenge of the Sith and then go straight in. Did you do it? Goes, just, like, I'm just telling you about it. Of course I did it. <laughs> but, but, yeah, because I haven't done it that yet. Yeah, so you go straight from the you know, Season 7 into Revenge of the Sith hmm. and it's like the fireworks on New Year's Eve. I, I mean, mm. over Sydney Harbour Bridge. That's how good it is. It's like just the, the whole world will light up for you because they're made to go together. And you know, while Anakin is being having his legs chopped off, you know, mm-hmm. Ahsoka's uh, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, she's um, while um, Ahsoka's escaping with Rex. Like you, it's just it's perfect. So you know that really. And and then if you just watch the the you know season six and seven of the Clone Wars, Anakin turning into a fruitcake is not that um, surprising. It's like mm. I really think that's one of the issues with the prequel trilogy is George probably didn't quite nail that that stuff in just leaving enough to take the audience with them, like less mm-hmm. of Padme and Anakin mm. necking and more mm-hmm. of what the Emperor's doing to Anakin. 100% agree. Because we Absolutely. get that in the Clone Wars cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that strikes me when you re-watch those films is, like, and this is no scoop, but the genius mm. of George Lucas because they actually look better now than they did at the time. They fit this era better than they did the time and, mm-hmm. and it just shows how far ahead of the, his uh, era he was. That he, mm. you know, He's thinking about stuff you know, way ahead of us. And that's why 20 years later these films are probably better now than when originally released. Mm, That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that just with the thing of like shooting everything digitally, how like filmmakers are like, dude, come on, as if. And now it's like you're hard-pressed to find people shooting on film. Mm. Maybe it's Christopher Nolan and a couple of other people maybe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, George, like his the layers of his genius are are many. And then you know, one thing I love about the whole Disney era is the sort of fleshing out of Order sixty six. Oh, great! Uh, so obviously, you get it in the Clone Wars. We see it from that angle. Then we see it for, for Revenge of the Sith, and then it goes into the Bad Batch, which is pretty good. Yeah, I think I don't know where do you sit on the Bad Batch. Um, I think it's. Um, I mean, that arc in the Clone Wars was not one of my favourites from season Agreed. seven. And I was just like, these guys, it just felt very much like like a very shallow kind of A-team kind of thing. As bad um, as the sisters or worse? Worse. Okay. I thought the sisters were better. Um, right. Interesting. Yeah. 
<laughs> you you feel the other way around, I guess. I didn't but, didn't love the sisters, no. But it also because like what comes at the end is so just Titanic that you're like, really? Like okay, mm. but anyway. Um, but Being overall, right. I think uh, I think Bad Batch is is great. It still suffered. Like I still feel like. It was the same for Clone Wars, it was the same for Rebels, and it's the same in The Bad Batch, where you've got your core story that is slowly being built throughout a season, and then you have a lot of episodes which are like, we have to help the baby Rancor, or we have to do this thing, and it's like, yeah, because it's a cartoon, for, and, and it, it's for everyone, but it, it really has to also be for kids, and it, when you were eight years old watching TV, you were not upset that, you know, like, that this, ep- <laughs> this episode of whatever they cartoon you were watching. action. Yeah, and so like in a way, like I I always say, for me personally, I would love to see them like cut four, five, six episodes out of the season and just have it like hard hitting start to finish. But that's that's not that's not the brief. I think I think that's not what they're aiming for. Um, so yeah, I think yeah maybe, but I I, I think it's good. Uh, it's a good yeah. show. Um, yeah, I agree. I think. I, I, that's what my thing is with some of these animated series mm. is, you know, the gap between the best and the worst episodes can be quite large. You're right. You know, you've, and I think this, like the Bad Batch, the first episode, the, the oh. sort of longer one, I mean, that's That was very a banger. Good. That was fucking mm. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I remember watching it going, oh, is this what this is going to be? Whoa, okay, I'm totally on board. Um, and then it, it you know, it went the way we said it went. Um, you know what yeah, also opening. what's jumped out in the rewatch was how good mm. Maul is in the end of the Clone Wars and how, mm. you know, you talk to, and this is where I think Star Wars does get some things wrong. Like I think Maul is a character that will bring people to Star Wars. So, you know, the fact that he never came up in a film, I mean, we just saw him in Solo, but, you know, he. I think they wasted an opportunity there um, because... Yeah. He, his arcs are always compelling. And you think about that. You go like, okay, you've got Darth Vader, literally the most iconic villain in the history of cinema, and we need to create another villain that can go toe-to-toe with Darth Vader. Impossible task, right? And then mm. the first, like, photos of Maul come out and we all go, oh, wow. And it, it just, they they did it. They pulled off a miracle. And then, oh, is that is that it? All right. <laughs> You know, it was over, and so I'm with you. I think he's he's awesome, and um, it's it's great. I mean, obviously, like how he survived and how he came back. Like you either buy into that or you don't. Um, But if you do, you're in for a lot. I mean, the emperor can come back. The emperor can come back from a very similar fate. So yeah, sure. That's the Star Wars canon. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, Bad Batch, good. then we go into Solo, which I don't like very much. Really? I love it. It's really? actually one of my favourites. <laughs> I love it. But hey, tell what, me tell me what, what, you, what your issues are. Mm, I mean, you're well, not alone, so I'm not, like, surprised. No, no, I, I, I just – no, no, no. I'm surprised you like it. Um, I um, – <laughs> so this time, this time, mm. like, just to give you – I, I did a, a, a listen, a commentary listen while I watched it, you know, where you listen to a film commentary because sure. I was like maybe I'll get through this with the help of a film commentary and I wish I could remember which one but I can't remember so I won't shout them out. And they pointed out some things. Look, it's a fun movie but I just mm. don't think they got a lot of it right. Um, 
I just think, you know, or yeah, I, I don't want to get too picky. It just for me, compared to like Rogue One, which was, you know, fantastic. Maybe it's just not seeing Harrison Ford as Han Solo. I could mm. just never get over that. Um, Look, I, I think that the, that's something that like is, is, has, a lot of people have experienced where it's just not Harrison Ford. And mm. I don't blame people for that. Um, my experience of it was I, I saw it the first time and I went, it was good, uh, not life-changing, but I liked it. Um, and then from the second time onwards, I just fell in love with it. Um, mm, interesting. I just, uh, like, I would say the opening starts a little bit, well, I don't know, like, like the opening shot, I, I could go into a lot of detail about what I love about no, it. No, it's going to do uh, it. That opening shot where, you know, you have this kind of, it's almost like a, a different version of a crawl in a way, and then it's obviously it's black, and then you have him, like, what do you call it, uh, where he's like stealing the speeder and the sparks like light up the screen to kick it off. I just think that that is fantastic. I think aesthetically, I love it. It's just like bang on Star Wars design for me. So that's a big part of the why I don't love the prequels actually is that the look of it to me is n- not really the look that I love about the original trilogy. And to me, something like a solo or obviously Rogue One is like bang in that same era. So it has that same aesthetic. Um, I love the look of it. Um, I love, uh, I think it's funny, like genuinely funny. Like some of the action is electric, like that, um, that train heist and mm. the way Emphasis Nest comes in and the music comes up and like Willie Harrelson looks like a genuine, like a gunslinger, man. The guy can, can do it, you know? And I just, I thought L3 was a great droid. Um, I, I don't know. I like, yeah. I I know a lot of people don't like it, so you're not alone at all. But but I will I say when it's... I rewatched it with the commentary this time, mm. I enjoyed it a bit more. Um, yeah. It, it, to me, it just it, it just doesn't. I don't know. They, for me, they just sort of missed the Star Wars vibe, like you say. Um, you know, it didn't it look Star Wars, but I just feel like with some of the storytelling, like the Kessel Run, like that was not how I imagined it. You know, like I just imagined something different. Um, I did imagine something different too, but at, at first that wasn't my favorite part of the movie, but over time I've grown to love the Kessel Run. So, mm. yeah, there it goes. Yeah. So that was Solo. Um, yeah. Then we move on to the Obi Wan Kenobi series. Mm. <laughs> mm. So. Firstly, yeah. smash through this in in a couple of nights. And okay. I do actually think a lot of these limited series benefit when you can batch watch the episodes, mm-hmm. uh, especially, say, the most recent season of The Mandalorian. Some of the mm. episodes don't stand up well on their own, but with other episodes around them, it's part of a bigger story. And same, obviously, Andor's made like that. Uh, but mm. with Kenobi... It was fun. I had a good time watching it. It is fast-paced. There's action. There's Darth Vader. There's Kenobi. Um, but to me, uh, what's the name? What's the director, Sandra Chow, is it? Um, Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow. Yeah, I don't think she should be allowed near a Star Wars property again. Dude, like can you answer, like leading up to that, everybody who had worked on her episodes on The Mandalorian, they would like, constantly Deborah Chow's amazing. She's amazing. We love her. She's amazing. She's amazing. And I'm just like, her episodes of The Mandalorian were not amongst my favorites. They were fine, um, but mm. they were not amongst my favorites. And then Obi-Wan, the Kenobi series, like, there's a lot to love about it. Um, 
But overall, I was just like, there's, there's so many, like, there's so many other episodes of The Mandalorian that had directors which, like, I would have much preferred yeah. to have. Like Filoni, um, get, give Filoni or Favreau control. Yeah, I think. So, um, so, so yeah. my thing about Kenobi, here's my big gripes. Okay, firstly, yep. um, I do understand this was shot during COVID restrictions and a lot of it had to be done yeah. on the volume. So there, there were challenges. Mm. Um, but there was some very poor choices. Um, yeah. The ones that stand out to me was the first time Kenobi and Darth Vader meet in that mm. quarry, which is yeah. a terrible setting. All of a sudden, a little bit of fire and Darth Vader just stands there going, all right, I'll just let him be carried away slowly by a robot. Like we've seen him virtually pulling planes mm-hmm. down, you know, choking people, force choking people from miles away, and all of a sudden there's a little flame in front of him from some from someone that shot a thing and all of a sudden he just goes, okay, I'll let him go yeah. now, and he just gets away. So to me that didn't make sense. Then there was this silly thing where they had um, Princess Leia in the – they tried to smuggle her out in between the legs. <laughs> like who wrote that? See, my thing about this, this stuff where it's related to logic if it's flying along and it's kicking ass and you're just like, I'm having the best time, these things will actually, like, not bug people. But because it wasn't, then this stuff really stands out and you see mm. they're going, why is this like this? Like, remember the, the security? Were you going to mention the security gate that, like, oh, could have just walked around? Yes. There's, there's a number of them in this show. That's And that's part of the problem i guess with it but yeah but but then i guess what i have to say is on the rewatch it's pretty fun like it is a fun okay. show if you don't get it's a bit like jar jar being some midi chlorians once you get over that stuff mm-hmm. um there is some really good stuff in kenobi um but but the biggest problem i have and i just can't get over this tom and maybe you can help me with it i'll do my best i cannot reconcile with the writing where kenobi walks away from vader at the end of and lets him live. I cannot reconcile with that because Kenobi knows that in front of him is a mass murderer, person mm-hmm. that has killed thousands, maybe millions of people. Whether mm-hmm. you used to be his uh, master or not, you mm-hmm. have to kill him there. Like first time, different. That's a different story. You've had yep. years to reflect on it. You're now going to let this guy go again who's going to kill potentially millions more people. You cannot just walk away if you're a Jedi. And mm. I think it would have been easy to write around, you know, I don't know, like they did when Force Awakens, you know, somehow, you know, the stormtroopers fly in and pick him up and go away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever. They didn't have to leave it that way. And for me, I just can't reconcile why Kenobi can do mm-hmm. that. And I think surely the writers must have seen that. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, there's, there's a. I mean, there's. It quickly became an iconic scene when um, Vader's half of Vader's mask is gone, and they're they're talking to each other. And you do maybe get that sense that, um, at when it comes down to it, Obi Wan can't force himself to do what what you said. Um, but it's like someone like seeing Hitler with his yeah, in front of them and just walking away because I, oh, I used to be mates with him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, 
No, I can't. I can't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was a like, dicey. Yeah, if X wings could have flown over and fired yeah. a few shots, and Kenobi could have just run off and jumped in yeah, his. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, they could have done anything to just make it less galling mm-hmm. to me. Um, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, but uh, overall, I, unfortunately, I have to. To- I really have to agree that um, it had some some magic moments, but overall, I felt it was flat and just lacking in magic. Um, mm. Whatever that you know, that Styles magic is. Um, is it Reva? Yeah. Was it? I don't think she. See, I liked her in some. No, she didn't work at all. I don't understand. And she go, got like, stabbed. All right, and then survived, and it, and the, and the Grand Inquisitor got stabbed and survived, and he didn't look cool, and you know it's just it's all this stuff that didn't work starts to pile up, and suddenly mm-hmm. you've got a whole show that didn't work. I mean, this yeah. thing of Reva going like, like I'm gonna get revenge on Vader for killing all these Jedi by also joining joining the Inquisitorius and killing Jedi. You're like, what? That doesn't, yes. doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, it, and I, it, I she, yeah, she's cool. Like, I loved that actress in. Um, uh, the uh, what's it called? The Queen's Gambit? Is it the Queen? Yeah, Gambit? yeah. The chess show. Yeah, yeah. She was fantastic. So I was like pumped for her to be joining Star Wars, but she didn't write it. No. She and yeah, I didn't like that whole twist, and it didn't work for me. And um, you know, I, I thought it was cool seeing Vader. Like there was some great stuff in there, and yes, a lot of the visuals looked pretty good. You know, you know when, um, but overall, probably you know like a six out of ten series for me. Yep. Um. But but I got to say, in the rewatch, it was fun. Like once you just, just you just. I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again. Like, yeah. Yep. And, and been a passage I thought the last time. episode was really strong, but despite yeah. what, the, what we just talked about. But I thought yeah. like the the last episode was very dramatic and um, was was cool. Mm. So I should try again. The passage of time really helped. Um, mm. And then we got into Rebels, which I picked the, the best episodes, and the best episodes are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really get the shits with some of it. Like if I, if I ever see that Bendu character again, I'm going to kill him. Like I, I, I could, I could, and and the wolves and the whales and yeah. like there was there was some very sketchy episodes. Like I feel that it went away from Star Wars. Like that you know, big fat creatures all of a sudden a force yes. thing. And, uh, this is why I get a bit confused. Why, like people act? I, I love Dave Filoni. Don't get me wrong. Like, what a guy! Um, and a mm. lot of his stuff has been a one top class Star Wars. Um, but I, I, people act like he's got this like like glistening like ten out of ten perfect record, and he actually doesn't. But um, yeah, mm. uh, I agree with you on on Rebels. I'm actually making my way through Rebels again at the moment. I haven't rewatched any of it since it came out. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I I do like the characters. Like I have to say, like mm-hmm. I think the the thought of them being in live action on Ahsoka is appealing. Like, um, you know, Chopper, and they, they're just. I think the whole thing works, but mm-hmm. not just the kitty episodes. You know, not like because they're mm-hmm. in Rebels, and there's some episodes that really look like Star Wars. Like you can feel yes. it going into a New Hope. Mm. Can I like what do you think about Ezra as a character? I'm not that sold on him. No, me um, neither. Sadly. But I do think he's not for us. Like I think okay. he's he's like the you know he's for the younger for the fans youngsters. that kind of mm. see themselves in him. Like oh that could be me a Jedi off in the off right. in the galaxy. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm, so I'm lukewarm about Rebels. As I said, some some very good episodes. The Thrawn and Maul stuff is very good. I don't like the way Maul is murdered. It, 
I, the way they just kill him off in Rebels where Kenobi just stabs him by the fire. Can you um, imagine if they had known what was coming with, with like, the, the, the opportunities that Disney Plus offers? This, mm. I mean, that could have been the end. Like, you know, they talked about, um, so the, the, the Obi-Wan series was supposed to be a movie, right? That was the end of your Obi-Wan, like, yes. trilogy or whatever. Like, that yeah. was, that's what it could Absolutely. have been. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, they couldn't see into the future and see where things were going. But, yeah, that's unfortunate. And then, um, so, you know, then we get into Andor. That, that's next on the timeline. So, you, you know, it really works, actually, watching in timeline order. Like, you get the real, mm-hmm. you know, flow of the galaxy, you know. Yes. The, the rise and fall of the empire. It's mm-hmm. quite magical. Um, but then Andor loved it originally. It is a truly wonderful show, but when I yes. watch it in the timeline order, this is the one show that doesn't look like Star Wars. I mean, it, 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 it that's that's the, the tagline, right? It's different, um, mm. but pacing, uh, just, look, but it's it's actually like I'm up there with my absolute favorite Star Wars of all time. I mm. absolutely I adore it, but I, of course, cannot say it's not different to the rest of Star Wars because it absolutely is. Yeah, it's and I can imagine, as you said, like if you're watching it in timeline order, and you're and you're coming out of that classic mix of like fun adventure, a bit like serious drama, spirituality, and and then you hit that kind of really like you know um, gritty tone. It is gonna, but it, but it sort of anchors, you know, anchor, you know, and sort of anchors the the series with that sort of you know real micro look at you know mm-hmm. what the empire does to someone's life and yep. how they can be you know, turned into a rebel and, mm. but, yeah, p- pacing and look, it, it definitely, um, you know, is something unique. Then we get to Rogue One. So good. You, okay. You know what? I, I always liked it, but coming out of The Force Awakens where the characters were so charming, so charismatic, the tone was so spot on Star Wars, I actually came out of Rogue One going, all right, it was very good, but, didn't get that 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 rush that I got from um, the Force Awakens. Now, over time, that has changed, and I I now uh, really really love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Rogue One since Andor? No, I I've been umming and eyeing about that because I was like, I think I want to wait till Andor season two is done, and then yeah, till twenty twenty six. Leave it, just leave it, and just bam, then you do it after Andor season two. Um, but yeah, I mean. Now when I watch Rogue One, it's, uh, I mean, the look of it is 10 out of 10. You know, when you you see these like Instagram like reels or whatever where people have edited a bunch of Star Wars stuff together just Mm -hmm. to be cool. And when you see one that's a lot of Rogue One, I'm always like, I forgot how amazing that film looks. And it does. It looks incredible. Um, Yeah, it's a a cranker. (laughs) I love it. Already... You know, having seen Andor season one, Rogue One yeah. is so much better because, ah. I mean, the you know Diego Luna's character is mm. is just there's so much more depth to him now when you watch Rogue mm-hmm. One because you know where he's come from, even though there's the missing season there. But mm-hmm. you know when he when he died on that beach, it was it, you know it, it was way more powerful um, having seen. You know his story. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think 
at some point just and or season one and two and Rogue One into A New Hope. You know, when that's completed, that's going to be a dizzying sequence. Like it'll be like the fireworks on New Year's Eve again. Like just that, if you can just watch it in that sequence, you will be blown away. I like the word you use, dizzying. You are absolutely correct, and I have thought about that myself before. If if Andor Season 2 lands as perfectly as Andor Season 1 did and then you got Rogue One and a New Hope to just, I mean, mm. that's going to be something special for sure. Yeah, and then, um, you know, in Rogue One, I really like Ben Mendelsohn. Obviously, always oh, liked him fantastic. from the stuff he's in in Australia, but great to see an Aussie in such a good role. Oh, it's uh, it's fun. Like, I mean, we have found out that you and I are the same age, so I'm sure you, we've both, you know, can remember seeing these early movies that he was in and then to see mm. him, like, up there now, uh, you know, uh, amongst the A-listers, it's pretty nice to see, i got to say. Mm. The, the, the interesting things about Rogue One are seeing Peter Cushing, seeing a young Carrie Fisher. Sure. They, I think now I'm a bit more comfortable more comfortable with it now than I was when it was first released because mm. it is so much more prevalent, um, these CGI um, characters. Mm. I, I sort of – it was a bit jarring at first, um, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of okay with it. Um, I'm sure it'll look better. But I love just that sequence at the end of Rogue One with Darth Vader yeah. um, going after the ship and then, bang, goes straight into A New Hope. I mean, that's – Perfect. I mean, that's when watching in the timeline, you know, watch these. These are the highlights of watching timeline order. Time, mate. Mm-hmm. This is why you sweat through thirty episodes of Clone Wars over two days. <laughs> do not yep. talk to your family. Do not mm-hmm. eat. You know, lose all perspective. Mm-hmm. Then you get to these moments. Ooh, that's what I did. Like there were like, you know, like one week I watched sixty episodes of Clone Wars in one Whoa! week. Wow. <laughs> I was watching Incredible. three or four hours a night, bang, bang, bang. But like it was like, wow, you know. I didn't watch anything else. Didn't watch anything else. Just cricket. So, so just like the family wanders in, sees you, just turns around and walks out again because they know. Yeah, mm, absolutely. I, I lock them out. Yeah. Um, so then, Rogue One, New Hope, obviously, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. The the things that strike me is mm. what Disney Plus has done to them. Mm-hmm. To make them fit in the timeline, you yes. Know, so, you know, changing Boba Fett's voice, making the Emperor look the same as he does yes. all throughout the, the the movies with the red eyes, um, all those little things. Um, and then, and then we get into the Mandalorian. Big okay. Fan. Yeah, Big I fan. Um, yeah I I love it. Um, I, you know what? I don't know. Sometimes. You know, there are things that I like that other people don't like and it doesn't confuse me. And there are things then that I don't like that other people like and that doesn't confuse me. This is one where it kicked off and I actually didn't love the first episode and everybody was like, that was amazing, we love it. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Am I a bad Star Wars fan? (laughs) Um, Mm. And um, the second episode I adored, actually, the one with the uh, the Jawas and the egg. I was just like, yeah, okay, that's a, that's a, ten- that's a, that's a cracker. Um, so, uh, yeah, over time, I don't know how you feel. Like, let, we can get to season three, but I see a lot of people saying we preferred season one because it didn't have, you know, these, like, known characters coming in and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Something about season two just felt bigger, glossier somehow. 
or and more cinematic, more uh, just. I just I loved season two actually. Which one to you is the strongest? I agree. Season two definitely. Mm. I mean that. I mean Grogu getting kidnapped, and then the finale mm. with Luke Skywalker. Those badass black droids. I can't even remember what they're called, but they were just. Um, insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that you know, I, I couldn't sit still watching it. It was so nerve wracking. Every I mean, episode, you were like, "Phenomenal!" Oh my God, yeah. Yes. Do you remember like seeing Boba Fett go, "And I want your armor. Mm. I want my armor." And you're just like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my God!" You know, it was like it's just every episode had these big moments. You know, and mm. it wasn't just about the return of a, of a character we love, although that doesn't hurt. Um, but I just thought they were like they were on fire. Yeah, I loved it. Yes, I, I mean season one is fantastic as well. I mean, mm. don't get me wrong, but I, what what did you think when you first saw a DH Luke? I mean, I, I mean, I yelled. I was so excited, and it mm. didn't freak me out at all. I was like, they've nailed it. Um, I, I yeah, I, like I, I I loved it. I I there's something about the like it's not the exact same outfit as return of the jedi but that black outfit just means so much to me that black outfit that silhouette with the cloak mm. and then the green the green saber it's like mm. in my dna somehow so I, I i loved it i did notice that you know with the face like i was like okay it's not 100% um so mm. i actually did affect how i saw it now having said that um luke in the that episode of the Book of Boba Fett, I mean, they are so close to getting it perfect now. And so those yeah. episodes, I'm like, because I don't know, I see some people objecting to it like on this kind of almost moral, moralistic kind of like recast them. And I'm just like, yeah, recast them if you want. I would actually be fine with that. But they are so close to getting it absolutely mm. perfect. And then you're going to have that Luke Skywalker available to you forever if you want. And I don't see the problem. Yeah, it, it becomes to me more like animation, though. If you do too much yep. of it, sure, I think there's a you've got to be careful. Um, but I mean, I love that season two. I mean, that's a mm. great that's a great ending. Mm. And then season three of Mandalorian. So you know, this rewatch wasn't too far after it was released, um, mm. but I really enjoyed it. It's it's got a little bit of repetition with going after beasts and stuff. Like there's a yep. lot of that in season yeah, yep. three. You're right. Um, and where are you on Jack Black and um, what's what's the singer's name? Lizzo. Um, Lizzo, where are you on them? You know what? Um, I like – I quite like – I like that episode. And um, – I like the droid bit with like reminded me of the Clone Wars. Yes, that was very Clone Wars. Um I don't know. I didn't hate it. I like. I, I I thought it was like in that kind of thing where you're, you're like, all right, we're like three seasons in. Maybe there's a bit of space to uh, mm. play around a bit. I, you know, there are people who can't stand it, um, but um, I thought Lizzo, uh, and I've said this on the podcast. She's not an actor, and you can tell uh, she's mm. one of the greatest, like you know, pop singers of this generation, um, but. The acting was not great, so in that no. in that way, I didn't love it. But um, just in in terms of like having whack, I mean, it, to me, if those characters were in an episode of the Clone Wars, no one would even blink an eye. Like, yeah, of course, there's weirdos, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, so to me, it was still within you know the flavors that Star Wars Star Wars has yeah. um, established. No, what did you think? 
No, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed mm. it. I guess one thing about season three is I was a massive Battlestar Galactica fan. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see Katie Sackhoff do anything and I would watch it. So, you know, I'm in, I'm in on her being a main character. Like some people had a mm-hmm. problem with that, but seeing Starbuck doing her stuff in Star Wars, give me that as much as you want. So um, season three, really mm-hmm. good. Um as I said, though, a bit like in a lot of these shows, you know, watching episodes back to back does help. It really yes. does help because yep. there's some episodes where it sort of ends a bit weirdly, and then if you go straight on to the next episode, it's it's fine. It's um, mm. The ending of season three, though, was mm-hmm. that e- epic battle on Mandalore. They nailed that. Like I thought, Love when grew, when what were the Red Guards? I can't remember their names. Praetorian Guards, yeah. Yes, when they go <laughs> when they go after Grogu, I thought you know it felt to me like they were going after my own baby. You know, ah, like, yep. like I was like I was it was so into the story. I mean, what did you think of that ending? Oh, I loved it, and you know, I think um, like I haven't gone back to it. I watch every episode about three times the week it comes out. Yeah. Um, and I haven't gone back since then. Can I just but, jump in there? Can I just jump yeah. in there? So I do the same thing. And mm. this, this is why I would recommend going back now after mm. the passage of time because yep. once you've sort of bit of distance, it will really help. Yeah, nice. But I thought those two, especially actually I would say episode seven, um, mm. I thought was one of the best episodes of the whole show actually Definitely, uh, yeah. and then episode eight was kind of the payoff where all the the action happens so to me mm-hmm. it wasn't as like incredible as episode seven necessarily but as a as a like a, a one-two punch to finish the season awesome and uh, yeah I, I i i you know i've heard a little bit of bit- bitterness out there about season three of the mandalorian and i understand why um but there was no episode where I was like, <laughs> like I, every episode I was like, no. yeah, I had I had fun, you know, it was good. Yeah, and I just love Grogu at the end of that season three, episode eight, where he, you know, was fighting off the Praetorian guards, mm. helping Dinjar, and then he jumped mm. in at the end with the slide um, to get Moth Gideon. Slide. I mean, it, it was it was it was fantastic. So, yeah. and then the little ending with them, sort of by the with Grogu behind. By the river and Dinjar and just feed up. Um, it's good. And to me, I, I feel very optimistic um, about the future of the show in a way because um, it's, I don't know, I feel like this kind of leaves things very open. They can go in mm. all sorts of directions at this point. It would be interesting to me because if you think about like, so you've kind of had this um, adversary in Moff Gideon, right, throughout those three seasons. Um, he's gone, apparently. Let's see how that works out. But uh, as far wasn't as wasn't you know, totally gone. convinced he was gone. No, I think that's de- <laughs> with what we've seen before. He could definitely come back if they decide. Yes. But in Without theory, they can they can start again with a different um, or a clone. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. But let's see. Like, do they set up another like three season arc that way, or do they go? No, we're going to go like. A season at a time now. Like there's one big well, bad per season or something like that. Well, they're moving to this um, film now, the Dave Filoni right. Star Wars film. So I think it'll be geared towards that. Um, you're right. Uh, now that I think about it, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So I don't know how many. I think I've heard rumours on other podcasts what there might be a couple more seasons of The Mandalorian at the most before mm. the film and then it'll be the film and that might be it. 
because it was going to be never his money. He's in. right because I think it was supposed to be like a film in twenty five, a film in twenty. I can't remember. It keeps changing. Twenty six, and then yeah, because of the strike. Twenty twenty. Yeah, so I think now it's going to be two films in twenty six, and yeah. you would have to think that probably one of those would be that Mandoverse film, but mm, until we know, we don't know. Try. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and then I actually did watch Bubba Fett in between season two of three of The Mandalorian right. to get the timeline yep. right. Um, where are you on the Book of Bubba Fett series? Give me, give me like, say, just give me a, a letter grade to give me a flavour. And if I said to you I'm a B plus, where would you I, I was going to say B. Okay. See, I say B. I really lockstep on a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I, um, it's a really fun show. It has l- literally uh, three of my all-time favorite episodes of Star Wars TV in it. So, right. like the second episode is an all-timer. Uh, mm. The episode, the Return of the Mandalorian, you know, mm, that's an all-timer to me. Um, now, I get frustrated in that certain things just logic-wise don't really make sense. Like, like he wants to become a crime lord, but like, so he, like they shot five people and now Jabba's entire organization belongs to him. Where are they? Like, who are, like, I, I it, there's lots of stuff that logic wise made no sense whatsoever. Now, mm. but having said that, my memory of it, and I, as again, I, um, I haven't gone back since. Well, what aired. happened though was. I think it's fun. At the end of Return of the Jedi, everything was mm. blown up. So there was no one left. There's only very few people There were a lot of people on that that barge, you're right. Yes. Mm. That's, um, yeah. Uh, What else about Boba Fett? Again, like all of them, watching it episode after Mm. episode, it did make sense a bit better. I mean, you're right. There's some great stuff with the Rancor and the other um, Wookiee. What's the other Wookiee? Black Cassantin. Chris Anthem, yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah, he was Um, great. But I... I think it's not quite how I imagined Bubba Fett to be. Like, yeah, can he just be more of a fucking asshole, please? Yes, exactly. Like, he's a bounty hunter. That's what we saw when we grow up. Like, I have to tell you that Bubba Fett now is actually split into two characters in my head because yeah. that character that we knew growing up, and people can say, You've got nothing to base that on. He was barely in the movies. I'm like, I'm sorry, but all of us hallucinated the same hallucination on that one. Yes. We all thought that he was like basically Clint Eastwood in space, which is yes. exactly what he was based on. When you on. say bounty hunter, you don't think warm and cuddly, do you? No. And so, the, and then now that, you know, he's extremely warm and cuddly actually. And there's mm. there's moments, you know, when he like comes in in the slave one and just annihilates that entire biker gang, you go like, okay, that's pretty, That that's a bit more like what I imagined. Um, I think they could have gotten the balance between toughness and likability better. Now it, it just mm. comes, it starts to feel a bit fluffy. Um, we need to be more Tony Soprano. We needed to see a dark side. Yeah, yeah. We need. Yeah. That's what would have been interesting. A bit of a battle between him. Like mm-hmm. he's like one minute, like you know, breaking people's skulls, and the next yep. minute going, "Oh no, I shouldn't have done that." Um, that would could, have been. He, 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 needs to, he could. He could have been in therapy like Tony Soprano was. <laughs> Oh my god! Now that's a show. That is a show. Uh, um, I did like the sand people. Some people oh, didn't like that. But, really? you know, well, I loved it, and then they were all like, like murdered mm. off screen in in the episode episode three. I yes. thought that 
added a massive amount to um, my appreciation for for them. In all, you know, this is the nice thing about Star Wars: the more you learn about each of these things, it then backwards improves all the other stuff that you, you already liked. You know, I I love. I love that. Like I said, that second episode where most of that stuff happens, I think, is fantastic. And Cad Bane was very good in live action. Dude, it was like, almost a shame he was of... killed off. Oh well, again, there was They'll a never... beeping thing on his on his chest. Really? That yeah, as it's like kind of panning up the shot of him on the ground, there's a little monitor thing on his chest, and it starts beeping yeah it's not like in your face so uh it wouldn't especially because the reaction to him in live action was extremely positive um Mm. that's not dead enough in star wars uh in the star wars universe what's the sheriff's actor's name um he's very good too um the gunslinger that um, timothy uh, oliphant timothy oliphant he was how good good is he yeah, I, don't do you do you remember that? Um, remember that episode? It was the first episode of season two of The Mandalorian where Din arrives in that town, mm. and you just have that 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 mini showdown in the bar, and he goes, "I know you're a Mandalorian. I know you're good at killing." And I'm just like, "Wow, this is classic stuff." Mm. <laughs> I mean, I so love good. West. I love Westerns mm. growing up. I mean, it was yep. we're the same age. I'm sure it was the same for you. Saturday, Sunday, the yep. Westerns on all afternoon on free to air telly. And that's mm-hmm. all you watch. Um, so, and I do think that you know, I'm not sure about why they put the Mandalorian episodes in the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> it is a bit curious. We will wonder even, forever about this. It's so bizarre. Yeah. yeah, and I almost think you could correct it now. I mean, in streaming, you could literally mm. move those episodes, <laughs> at yeah. least copy them into The Mandalorian. So people, if they're watching it, wonder what the hell's happened in between. Because mm-hmm. I have to say, like, the first episode of Season 3 of The Mandalorian was not – it was it was cool, but it didn't blow me away. If they had put that episode called Return of the Mandalorian from the Book of Boba Fett as the first episode of Season 3, you just would have been like, oh, mm. my God, this is, like, going to be amazing. And so I, I, it's funny. Like, I don't know if you've um, – do you know an author called J.W. Rinsler? He wrote uh, these amazing, very thick coffee table books uh, about the making of each of the no, original trilogy films. No. So, A, they are in incredible detail down to budgeting and all this stuff. I have to read them. They're brilliant. Um, but one thing that's interesting about them is that it was long enough ago that, like, there's a, a lot of it is very honest about the conflicts that happened during the production of the films. Uh, I get the feeling we're, we're maybe never going to get that because Disney are probably um, a little bit more touchy about letting that kind of stuff out. Um, but it, uh, you know, and I'm not like, I want to hear, I want to, I want to hear the dirt that, you know, behind the scenes of Star Wars. Cause I want to like tear down Star Wars. Like I would go to war to defend Star Wars, <laughs> you know? Um, but that decision that you mentioned putting two, basically two episodes of the Mandalorian right in the middle mm. of the book of Boba Fett, I would love to know what the discussions were behind that. Yes. And, and with Disney's stewardship, I mean, overall, they're doing a good job, but I guess 
Mm. You know, they say things and then they don't happen. Um, there was rumours of a rift between Favreau and Kennedy, um, just allegations. Um, mm. So there is stuff out there. But, you know, Kathleen Kennedy announced all those films, while, all those shows a while ago, and a lot of them aren't going to happen. So um, anyway, uh, I, I agree with you. There's been some curious decisions and that's one of them. But, uh, yeah, like I – uh, one of my questions for you, like I want to continue mm. with the timeline because this is excellent, but can no, I just no. ask you, like ask me all of them. One of your, what, like if someone asked me to describe you as a podcaster in one word, I would say outspoken, like you yes. are absolutely fearless with your opinions. Um, when it comes to Star Wars, are you similar or are you a bit more like, well, I'll- well, I don't know. You're listening to me. What do you think? Well, I think you've been very uh, measured and well, not, not that you're holding back, but that you are definitely not getting stuck into anyone, but maybe well, you deserve I, to get stuck into. No, well, I'm a fan and, mm. um, I mean, I did, you know, I've laid into some stuff. I mean. Yeah, but I, I think do, but, but you've been very like, um, yeah. Do you want so, me to tell Kathleen Kennedy to fuck off? I mean, well, I will if you no, want. Well, this is the thing. Like, I, you <laughs> she, know, she, should be, she should be removed from her presidency. See, this is what I'm saying is that on the, if you like spend even five minutes on, on the internet in the Star Wars fandom, you're going to see that stuff. And I just feel a bit like, like, hey, I feel like I'm living on like, like in backwards upside down land where I'm just like, but most of it's good. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't understand the the fury, you know. Um, and then There's you know, people going after Kathleen Kennedy. I'm just like, oh, really? Like, but that the one thing that I that you can point at and go like, this is a sign that things are that something is weird. Is that there have been so many project projects announced and then um, mm. dumped, basically. Yeah, I mean, I'll never forgive her for the last Jedi, and I'm sure Ryan Johnson's a nice guy, but like Deborah Chow. Just fucking lock them out of Lucasfilm and never let them in the front door again. I mean, if you want something controversial, that's it. They should change the locks on those two and never let mm. them back in the door. Even ban them from celebrations, honestly. Ban them from celebrations, especially mm. Ryan Johnson. Deborah Chow maybe let her in like one. But Ryan Johnson, if he comes to Star Wars again, I reckon just shoot him on sight. Just fucking shoot him on sight. Uh, I, I, I like The Last Jedi very, very much. I don't love everything no, no, about no, no, it. No, no, no. Like shoot it you on sight. Honestly, they should shoot you. <laughs> shoot both of you. I'll fucking line you both up. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we, we're not we're not there in the timeline yet. Can't, I, just want, no, I, mean, I just want to say so also mm. while we're in this bit of the timeline, at this point we get the live action Ahsoka for the first time in The Mandalorian, mm. then in Boba Fett interacting with Luke Skywalker. I mean, we're mm. talking about heady stuff. And mm. the first time I saw The Mandalorian, I wasn't as into the Clone Wars as I am yep. now. So, I mean, her interacting with Anakin Skywalker's son, I mean, that's that's as big as Star Wars gets. That's as mm. as big a moment in Star Wars history. Mm. It's uh, yeah, it was massive. Um yeah, it and it, it does feel like two doesn't, years. It doesn't sound like you're with me. <laughs> no, no, I mean it was I it was very like just on Ahsoka, I th- love Rosaria Dawson as that character. I don't think they could have done any better. She's so perfect. And that episode 
from season two of The Mandalorian is my favorite episode of The Mandalorian, actually. So I good. love that so it's good. so fucking good. She's so and, badass. When she yeah. comes out of the lot dark with the two sabers. Oh, give it to me. No. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... It, yeah, uh, but it was a, it was a quite nicely understated moment when they met in that episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Mm, um, very good. Yeah, um, so, it's funny when you see behind the scenes photos where like Mark Hamill is there on set and then Rosario Dawson's face is just like beaming because she's like, "Holy shit, I'm standing here with Luke Skywalker!" You know, it's it's pretty cute. It's great that she's such a big fan. Um, yes. And Ashley Eckstein did a great job as Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But I think Rosario Dawson's going to do a great job in Ahsoka the series. Absolutely. Like I saw the pre. Did you see the latest trailer that came out today? Loved it. Uh, so let's talk about that quickly. Like I, I thought the first yeah. trailer was good. I was like, "Yep." Oh, that fits in with the timeline too. That oh, it does. Perfect. Perfect. Fits in okay. with the timeline so perfectly. Yeah. With it. So that first trailer I thought was good. Um, and but this this trailer gave me that feeling actually. This new one t- that just dropped today. I was just like, oh. I I thought it looks cool. It looks dense, like it looks layered. It looks um, big. Um, I would say, you know, some of the the, the visual stuff that I didn't love 100% about Rebels, like to me, Sabine being so multicolored in her, like, look, to me, it's just not Star Wars. Um, There's a bit of that still in in this Ahsoka show, Uh, but... It was working for me, and uh, mm. I just like my my excitement for the show jumped about uh, ten spots. Um, I'm I'm into it. What do you think? Yeah, so Ahsoka f- is is probably my second favorite Star Wars character. Wow! I mean, she she's right behind Luke Skywalker. I mean, mm. you know, she he's one, and she's one and a half, and then there's. Mm. Han Solo right there. So, you know, that's probably my one, two, three. I, I mean, I just think Ahsoka tells the Star Wars story so well. And mm. I, so I can't wait for this series. And the, the, in the trailer, I guess, I'm I'm not a massive, you know, like Rebels nut. I just like mm. it. So mm. the Rebels nuts have been going mad. I'm excited. Um, but, you know, there's lots of layers to it. I mean, the fact that it's Ray Stevenson, you know, was in it and has passed away, I had to, Yep. You know, a different layer to it that, mm. you know, he was at the last Star Wars celebration. So it's, you know, it's a tribute to him as well. And, um, yeah, I just can't, I, I can't wait for it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to temper my expectations. It's, mm. it's a bit like Kenobi, you know, I, I like, you know, built it up, built it up. And I, I don't mm. want to be crushingly disappointed like I was mm-hmm. when they first saw some of that Kenobi stuff. So I want to mm. just temper my expectations. But, mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to be the best live action show we've seen since Disney took over. I think that you know the Mandalorian has a almost a, like a comic book feel in mm. a way. This is going to be, I think, Dave Filoni going like, "I created this character. I've been with her now for how long? Fifteen years or something? Yeah. And here it is. Here's my chance to really just." Bam, unleash, you know. And um Do you think it would permeate ex- out? Like, do you think, you know, like that's a good question. Because you know, it, like so many people who just casual fans know Kenobi and they're like, I want to watch that. Do you think that'll be the same? Okay. Do you know a Star Wars podcaster called Steel Saunders by any chance? Very much so. I unfortunately listen to his show. Great. Uh so today I listened to his reaction to the to the trailer. I listened to that and he called some guy who was on the toilet. 
gripping. Yes, he did. Corey Van Dyke. Um, so he said they should have put, like, we all know Anakin's going to be in it. They should have put him in the trailer mm. to give, you know, the more casual fan something to go like, oh, I know, I know who that is. I'm going to watch this. I, I feel like it could only be one scene and you don't want to give that away. So I just don't think it's an option. But your point about like how much does, and it's not, I'm not even talking about people who maybe have seen a few Star Wars movies. I'm talking about even people who have seen all the Star Wars movies don't necessarily know who this person is. Exactly. Absolutely. So I'll be, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Mm. Well, I, I hope it pops because I can't wait for it. Um, mm. From the trailer, what else jumped out at me? I mean, there's, well, the, she mentions Anakin a couple of times or someone mm. does, Ray Stevenson. We see yep. the two maybe Siths in it. Um, and then you see Ezra sort of with a message to Sabine. Like there's all sorts mm. of Easter eggs in that trailer. Like, you know, Clone Wars fans, Rebels fans, like it's all mm. there for you. Did you notice this line where I, I only watched it once, but I think Sabine says something like um, – she basically she says like Ahsoka was training her. Now I'm not, I don't think the, mm, I don't think they're inferring master. that she is like that she is force sensitive, but that she has been trained with a lightsaber by Kanan, and um, maybe like Ahsoka was kind of continuing with that with her, and then they they stopped stopped doing that for whatever reason. But that was something that like everyone went what you know like that that's new yeah. um, and interesting that they put it in the trailer. Incredible. So, August and I'm, I'm a big fan of. Um, uh, so the actress's name is um, Diana Lee Inosanto. I think she played the magistrate in that episode mm. uh, where it, where the Ahsoka is um, introduced. Great and isn't to see her back. Isn't Sabine Wren an Australian actress? I think she, she is. is. She is Australian. Mm. Good on you. Yeah. So, I uh, yeah, like I said, I thought uh, I think before I was like, yep, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be pretty good. But this made me go, it actually could be. Awesome. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm excited about that, really. Very. Um, mm. All right, so timeline order. So we've Bubba Fett. Now, and this is where it just shifts, all right? We go into Star Wars Resistance and a build-up to the First Order. Mm. Have you seen any of Resistance? I've watched every episode. Oh, you poor bastard. Um, <sighs> is it Kaz? I mean, yeah. he is so annoying. I mean, God. Mm. Why did they make him such a bumbling buffoon? Like, couldn't they have just tempered it? 20% or 30% and just made him a little bit wacky. I mean, it was unwatchable. I mean, honestly, if they had a show where they just shot him every episode and strung him up, I would watch that. And just slow death, like the slow death of Kaz. That should be a new series. Every episode he gets killed in excruciating agony. It was awful. So I actually, I actually love the look of the show. Um, a lot of people like, Ugh, after the Clone Wars, this is a big step down. But I actually love the look of the show. And I love. I thought the First Order looked great. Yes, the first order is like, and you can go like, oh yeah, of course it's great. It's like basically a, a, based on original trilogy design, so of course you like it. And yeah, okay, maybe uh, maybe that's true. Um, but uh, the first order looks killer in that mm. show. Um, but yeah, that, it's kind of weird where people go like, kids love wackiness. They kids are falling over all the time. They probably love a main character that's also falling over all the time. And you're like, it's not actually how it works, man. <laughs> like yeah. we all loved Luke Skywalker and it wasn't because he was like borderline, dis- un- you know, like 
unfu- unfunctional. But like, yeah, I didn't hate the show actually. Um, but the episodes I watched were okay. It's I watched like seven episodes. Okay, yeah, it's just it's like if you're going to spend time and money on something, like make it cool, and it, mm. you can do stuff that's like kid friendly and you know, like quality that adults can watch. I've never well, seen the, even one episode of Bluey, but apparently they do a very good job of it. The cricket episode's very good. That's the only one I've seen. But with yeah. Resistance, I mean, I think there is a real merit to a show that shows the building up of the First Order. Yes. Like I really enjoyed that because, mm. you know, there is a switch in the timeline from, mm. you know, the end of the Empire, which you just see shades of in the end of The Mandalorian Season 3 to, you yep. know, the seeds of the first order. And I love mm. that in the resistance, you could see the first order building up. And then it, I think in season one, it crossed over with the force awakens. So it had potential, but to me again, like, you know, it's like a probably a three or four out of 10 rating. Yep. Um, yeah. And then we get into the force awakens. Loved it. Yeah. Fantastic. What a movie. I, I actually recently um, saw it, it, you know, this kind of thing where they have a, a, a symphony, an orchestra doing the soundtrack. Mm, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was in Brisbane and I uh, went and it was a bloody good time. And I just, I am just blown away every time I watch The Force Awakens mm. at how it's just hit after hit. It's just so watchable and so fun, so engaging. And, again, like I said, by, you know, where they pulled off a miracle by creating Darth Maul that, you know, uh, but also I think they, they pulled off a miracle by creating like Ray and Finn and, and Kylo Ren and Poe and you like immediately love these characters in that movie. And um, yeah, Daisy Ridley nailed it. Oh, she's fantastic. And so this is, uh, yeah, one of my favorites. It's my favorite of the new era. I would, oh, I would absolutely. I'd, yeah. I had so much fun with it. Um, mm. Yeah. It, I, Can just, you remember? Just, tell, me, tell me a bit more about like um, – so you said that that kind of re re kicked you back into Star Wars. What were, what what were your expectations leading into the Force Awakens? <clears throat> I don't know, but I was in Colorado with the family, and we all went, mm. and it was just a, just an amazing, um, you know, great atmosphere. You know, mm. and it just felt like Star Wars. It looked like Star Wars. Harrison yep. Ford, Chewie, uh, Carrie Fisher. I mean, it had everything. You know, mm-hmm. it was you know, Luke at the end. I mean. And it was, you know, it was a fun movie. You know, it was exactly mm. what Star Wars should be for all yep. ages. And it yep. was a wild ride, good pace. That ending, that ending mm. where, you know, Ray feels the force and turns on Kylo Ren Ooh. in the, the, the snow in the forest. I mean. I got hair standing up. I don't yes, know if you can see yes. this. Yeah. And you see her walking towards him and she sort of rises her shoulders and all of a sudden looks like very intimidating. And, mm-hmm. you know, that sequence just, as I said, hairs on, hairs on the back of the neck. Yeah. To me, that is Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the last Jedi came and ruined it. So that's where it ends. Um, absolutely ruined it. It is a dog's breakfast. That there is, there's two and a half hours there. It, there's one good hour in that film. There is one good hour in that film, hmm. maybe one and a bit. So, uh, uh, tell me, give me your top. We'll start with the top things it did wrong, and then yes. we'll hear what the one hour that you 
talk about. I mean, just like the whole, I mean, where do I start with what he did wrong? Okay, so he completely miswrote uh, Luke Skywalker. I mean, that is Mm -hmm. not how I want to see my hero. That was just terrible writing, terrible interpretation of the character, complete bullshit. Even Mark Hamill felt it. So I'm with him on that. Um, then there was just the crazy shit with Carrie Fisher, like all of a sudden doing a Mary Poppins in space and flying around instead of and back in with the force. I mean, that was ridiculous. Um, then there was this thing where like all of a sudden in space, like you can have a ship in front of you but not be able to overtake them. Like you could never like go into hyperspace in front of them or send yeah. 20 ships in front of them. Or, you know, all of a sudden we're at a point now where spaceships are like ships in the in the ocean in the, the 18th century. I mean, who wrote that? Who wrote that? I don't understand. Um, With regards to Luke Skywalker's character, I also walked out, like I liked it when I when I saw the film, but I walked out going, that's, that's not the the Luke that I know, you know, mm. like that. Um, regarding Mary Poppins Leia, I don't have a problem with the concept of it. I thought the execution just was like psycho like logically speaking, I'm totally fine. But when I when you watch it, it's just it's goofy or something. Mm. Um I mean she is a she is a Skywalker and she does <laughs> we do we find mm. out later uh that no she, don't don't justify it's, it's terrible. Yep. Yeah. But uh, just aesthetically speaking I I didn't love it. Um, but the ships thing, yes, <laughs> I'm sorry, it, and it's it's not just that it doesn't make sense with within the the Star Wars logic that's been set up. It's just not fun or cool, uh, which just is terrible. <laughs> yeah. And then going down to that planet was just didn't work for me. That's and, my uh, least favorite part of. Like it's the only like there's might be moments here and there in the new films that I don't love. That's the only I- I- entire section that I don't love. So. Mm. I agree on that one as well. Now, uh, having said that, it has some of my favorite things, favorite scenes in Star Wars also. All right. I love the throne room with Snoke, Ray, and yes. Kylo and the Praetorian uh, guards. I agree. That's, that's a good scene. A grade. I love it. I love the opening. I think it's one actually one of the best openings in Star Wars. Um, that, you know, Rose Tico's sister, Paige Tico, her sacrifice. Um it's a killer opening. I love that. Um, I mean, the, 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 the ending is pretty good. The, the end is very good. Yeah. But like I, like, fine. This is the, like, I totally get it. Cause I remember going like, I, I don't, didn't like it as much as the force Awakens. I didn't like this, but I, I liked it a lot. And then I, I went to, a, so I have a friend called in Sweden called Christian. He's the biggest movie nerd I know. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I've actually not seen any of these new Star Wars movies. I was like, and he was like, do you want to come over? We'll set up the projector. We'll do the, the two that were out. And it was very interesting. I sat there watching The Force Awakens. Again, fist-pumping awesome times. And then the second one, I was just like, uh, yeah, I, I'm, not having as, uh, I, I'm not having nearly as much fun. Um, having said that, one of the, his friends who was there, she, she said, oh, really? I actually thought. Uh, the last Jedi was was the better of the two. So there there's you no, go. It's funny. There's no accounting for taste these days, honestly. True. Um, All right. So uh, I didn't like the way Luke died. I didn't. Like I didn't like that way. either. I, yeah. Tell me. Tell. Okay. What didn't you like about that? Because I didn't like it either, to be honest. Just. Uh, I mean, it's Luke Skywalker. He's not just going to like pass out on a rock and die. Like, give me a break. 
Like, you know what? I didn't actually realize that was what's hap- that was what was happening until he disappeared. And I was like, "Oh, is that what's going on?" Like I was just like, "You have to telegraph what's about to happen so you can get the whole audience to go, oh, no, mm. and lean in and go, oh, no, our hero is about to go.'" Um, but it was more like he sat on the rock. He's looking at the suns. I'm like, "Good work, Luke. You saved the day." I, I, I didn't actually get that he was dying. And then he disappeared, and I was like, oh, my God, okay. So that's my chief gripes. And then we get into Rise of Skywalker, and I Mm. I really liked it. Me too. I love that movie. Uh, They landed the plane. To me, it's fun. It it doesn't have any of the stupid potholes. There's a lot of MacGuffins. Um, Mm. But, you know, I give it a, you know, I saw it in the cinemas five times. Um, You know, I think JJ did the best he could with what he was left with. That guy gets the tone of Star Wars exactly right to me. I think the sense of humor of it, the, um, yeah, like, again, the the kind of um, negativity that that film attracts, it confuses Mm. me a bit. Like, I I get it. Like, this is a bit wonky here. That bit of that was maybe a bit whatever. How are you not having an awesome time watching this movie? I don't get it. Yeah. The look, the feel, the action, yeah. it was really good. It was really good. Oh, so. and so many just banger mm. scenes. Like, um, I mean, Kylo and Han in that, uh, you know, like, hey, kid, you just, oh, wow, and that's the fight, amazing. Yeah, and the, the, the fight between Ray and Kylo on the, the sort of the Death Star on the water, I mean, brilliant stuff. Daisy really fantastic. I mean, the mm-hmm. way. The way they killed, they took on the emperor at the end. I mean, I was glad to see him back. People were like, um, "What the hell?" I was like, "Thank goodness." I mean, Snoke sucked. Thank you. Where people are like, "Oh, we want." Why did you want to see more of him? He was obviously just well, not obviously, but he, to me, he was just like a a cookie cutter, like evil mm. guy. I'm like that. To me, this is way cooler. And okay, let me run something past you. Yes, so Palpatine's return. Yep. You like you like the concept you said. Yep. Can I tell you? So even like as a kid, you're not very like analytical about what you're watching, right? But even as a kid, I used to watch Return of the Jedi and kind of feel like, what does turning to the dark side even mean for someone like Luke Skywalker, who is inherently a good dude? Like he he choked a couple of Gamorrean guards earlier in the movie. Okay. Overall, there's nothing in him that would suggest that he would ever want to be aligned with people like these guys, right? Yes. What does him turning to the dark side even look like? I don't really, I felt like that doesn't make sense. He's not going to just, it's not a switch on the back of his neck that you just click over on dark side now, which, you know. Um, But now if I retroactively put in that thing of like this, this Sith, thing of where like if you strike me down in anger then you are you become basically possessed by these mm. like thousands of generations of sith that's why the the emperor is laughing in his face he's like attack me this is what's going to happen vader's going to stop you and you're going to die i win vader's going to stop you or, and then you kill him i've got a new apprentice to work with now very nice yeah. you kill me this Ritual happens and I win again. Like I just feel like it kind of, it to me it helps that scene in a way, which is weird because, you know, it's Return of the Jedi, one of the all-time greats, but it helps that scene. Also, when they throw Palpatine mm. down, the, down the chute and you see these 
spirit kind of ghostly apparitions come mm. out of that thing. It's kind of been there since 83 for me. So I love that. I have no mm. issues with it. I heard it was on a podcast someone say they read something out where there is a history in Star Wars of dark side characters being able to live on, like Darth Maul, the Emperor, uh, Reva. Like there's something, Anakin, you know, gets his legs cut off and his arm cut off and, you know, third-degree burns and still survives. So there is something about the dark side that seems to fuel them. Um, So I loved Rise of Skywalker, just Mm. such a good ride. I still... I just think there's funny bits. There's there's none of the stupid stuff Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. tried. Um, I, th- yeah. I think I think The Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker has some of the funniest lines in all of Star Wars, for okay. real. Yeah, uh, Great. and that was where my timeline watch came to an end. And sort of when yeah, you know, when I look back on it, sort mm. of holistically, you know, mm. as I said, the, you know, the Clone Wars into the um, Revenge of the Sith was a real highlight. Mm. Um, I would say and or into Rogue One and then into A New Hope, mm. definitely a highlight. And the Mandalorian Bubba Fett era, the era of my rewatch, um, you know, that that's real. It just feels like Star Wars. It's just, you know, it's just dripping Star Wars mm. legend. So uh, all in all, and then I have to say, you know, what I really want is a bit more now for the sequel trilogy. Like I want some original series yeah. around these characters. I know there's a Ray movie coming, but mm-hmm. I'd love to know a bit about, you know, the, the lost years of Kylo Ren or, um, you know, you couldn't really do much with Ray on that planet, but, you know, maybe you could do something with her mm-hmm. in between. Well, there's no gap, is there, between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi? It's, that's do you think that was a mistake? To Because uh, one I, of know, the I thousand heard... mistakes he okay, made. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, but the, I mean, he said, like, you can't leave that scene hanging and not see what happens next. And um, I you agree with that. Fuckhead. However, it's like, it's sorry. <laughs> hmm. Yes. But, um, yeah, so incredible. But okay. I, I would recommend I, doing you, like, it. I would, I would recommend doing it. Yeah? I would recommend I would doing the time. <laughs> Go count on. of three. Three, two, one. Star Wars. Um, no, I would love to see more sequel trilogy stuff, as you said. Because, hey, mm. as you said, the the first order designs are so good, man. I just mm. want to see more of that stuff. You know, um, that's probably where the meat is a a series about the rise of the first order. A do you think they got, they're they're going to build further and further into that in the Mandalorian TV well, series? I think, I think, I think they it. will. Yeah, mm. I think they will definitely. Mm. So shall we talk about what's to come? Yes. Now, we have three films. Again, because of our past uh, performance, we have to be aware that not everything's going to get made necessarily, but let's assume that they are getting made. We've got the Ray movie. We've got Big fan Man- of that. We've got Mangold's like Dawn of the Force kind of, you know, very early kind of one. Yep. And then we've got the Mando movie. So w- let's start with the Ray movie. What, w- what was your reaction to hearing that news? 
Really good. I, I really like Ray. Daisy Ridley nailed it. I thought. I mm. thought even though she had to deal with some shit house writing for some of the stuff, I thought mm. she was exceptional. And I feel sorry for her. She kind of hasn't really been able to get anything else. She's, mm. you know, there was such division around the sequel trilogy that I would love her to come back and and mm-hmm. do a great film. So into that one. Can't wait. Me too. Me too. It was a uh, quite a day because. She's my favourite thing of the whole new era. I, I just think she's one of the most instantly likeable, charismatic characters. And, mm. um, like, I really thought we're not going to see her back for at least 10 years or something. That was what I thought. And then that, so that announcement just made my day. Yeah. Probably will be close to 10 years. Um, James Mangold movie. Sounds good. I just saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. He did a good job with that, so I've got faith in him. Great. Um, yeah, I know what to I, expect. I, it's 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 going to be great. I mean, he's he's a great filmmaker, and it's mm. a nice open time period without all the baggage. Because you notice, like, it's it's the it's mostly the hand is it handling of legacy characters that gets people most annoyed if it doesn't mm. go go right. It's true. When you're operating away from all that, that's when people are more open to being like, let's see what it is. And um, I think clean, yeah, clean that, yeah. yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be good. And then the Mando movie, yep, yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be a well, good one. Uh, it's kind of though the only thing my only concern is sometimes mm. when filmmakers and creators try and get a bit too smart and they're, they're trying to weave like five or six TV shows into this finale mm. and get a bit too smart for their own good and kind of forget that you need to have a good time and it needs to be mm. action. I don't know. So my only concern is I hope they don't get try and outsmart themselves. Yep, that's a good point. Good. All right, TV mm. series. We've got uh, Skeleton Crew. We don't know much about it. But yeah, don't know much about that. Mm. Is that the one with um? Oh, what's his name? That actor, Jude, Jude Law. Law. Yeah, correct. Um, not that excited talent, about that one. Okay, the talent behind Luke it is kind Moore. of interesting. Okay, the the guy running it is the guy who did those three Spider Man movies. So to mm. me, that's that's good. And then yep. two two of the episodes are one is directed by. The Daniels, who did, you know, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. And the guy who directed The Green Knight, mm. which was a not a perfect film, but visually was fantastic. Um, so I don't know. This could, We don't know enough to say anything, really. But it's, No, um, it's a bit like The Mandalorian. I didn't know much about that before they released it, and it was sure. blew my socks off. So maybe this will do the Absolutely. same. Yes. And then we've got The Acolyte. Yes. I didn't read any of the books. So I know like if you read a lot of the High Republic books, people are very excited. I'm I'm not into that. I read four of them. I only liked one. (laughs) To me it was dire. It's like, you know, when sometimes you're reading a book and you're starting to question, maybe I just hate reading and I've been lying to myself this whole time. That was my reaction to three (laughs) of the four of those books, sadly. Now, this TV series is coming in right at the end of all of that. So it's definitely the kind of thing where if you've read them, you're going to notice certain things and go, it's that guy. Um, But if you haven't, I don't think it's going to matter at all. But um, the showrunner, you know, I loved her her series, Russian Doll. Um, And it's a cool idea. I never saw that. Yeah. 
quality. It's season two, not as good, um, but season one is a cracker. And um, yeah, the the idea that you're going to kind of be following what what the dark side is up to during that that period um, when they're kind of you know still in hiding, basically, it's a cool idea. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that next year? It will be next year, I think. Yeah, yeah. I right. guess it's going to be Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, then the Acolyte. Mm, yeah, but so is the big one. That's the one I'm most excited for. Nice. And not long to go now. What is it? Six weeks? Yes. Yeah. Six weeks indeed. Man, it's, it's been great. Oh, man, we've gone through the whole timeline. It was exhilarating. Mm. I, I, I really urge you to watch it. Go. So at one point, just go, I'm going to do it in timeline order and just mm-hmm. enjoy that experience. Great. I think if you do do a little bit of a, a – um curated version of clone wars and rebels as you said it becomes like okay that i can do i'm actually mm. i'm actually doing that yeah like the rebels rewatch right now and um yeah as you said some of it's great some of it's a bit miserable but um yeah, yeah. all right but um yeah, no, don't make yourself suffer through the miserable <laughs> ones <laughs> yeah, uh, i mean even like the clone wars is all very good actually but there are some better ones and mm. there's some episodes that really impact the arc more. And, you know, that sort of season four, five, six, seven is pretty special. Like mm-hmm. I sort of feel like Star Wars fans that don't watch that are really missing out. Like they they sort of, you know, they really don't know that what they're missing out on. Now that it's on Disney Plus and you don't have to go and find it or, you know, you can just bang it on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially like when it first aired, I was watching it on a laptop, you know, and now look at you. when you're watching it on a big TV, it's like, wow. Yeah, this mm. was, this does look amazing. You know, I think even from the second season onward, it started to look like, cause the first season looked fine, you know, um, mm. but it really started to take off around season two visually. And then from yeah. season three onwards, I feel like they just had a, uh, a level of quality visually that they really stuck to. Mm. Brilliant. Well, man, it's, it's been awesome to have you. Thanks like, for having uh, me on. And uh, I just want to thank you for your tireless work in the cricket podcasting realm. Well, thanks for um, listening. Oh, it's so like I, I love the feeling of I'm not as dedicated as you. I'm still going to bed halfway through each day of a test match, but then I get to wake up and hear what you have to say about it every day. So that's it's awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. I'm, I feel like I'm jet lagged with the ashes, like I've been living on English time. So, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. It's been good fun. But thanks for having All me. Right. It's been great to talk Star Wars. It's a, it's a real dream for me to, to go on a Star Wars podcast. So you've, you, it's like a Make-A-Wish kid. I know, I know I didn't bring the hot takes that you're after. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I you're, no, you no, 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 no. There was hot. There was hot. <laughs> but you're welcome to uh, any time like and i'm not just saying this as a you know a wrap-up thing um mm. there's so much star wars coming anytime you just got the feeling you just yeah. message me we'll set it up you're, you're welcome yeah. on any time i feel like we should get together at the end of ahsoka and just have yes. a bit of a chat about it all right done let's do it all right thank you <laughs> Thanks again to Menas, uh, a podcaster that um, I'm a huge fan of. Um, great to talk to him about Star Wars. There's a lot of fun stuff coming up. Um, 
Obviously, with the uh, writers and actors strike going on, there will uh, that'll affect the timeline on um, a bunch of Star Wars stuff. But you know what? It's, to me, it's positive in three ways. Number one, it's always good when people stand up for themselves and say, like, you can't push this around. We have to get what we deserve. So great there. Um, the other thing is... <clears throat> Obviously, writers are not supposed to be writing, but they are definitely thinking. And um, maybe a bit of extra time to just mull things over won't hurt the uh, writing process once it gets back uh, on track. The third thing is, um, there's been so much Star Wars uh, in the last few years. I sometimes feel like like I want to be going back and re-watching it more often than I do. And I, I just... You know, there's other things that I need to be getting on with. So I would actually, if there was a gap in the Star Wars release schedule, I would put it to good use to watch more Star Wars. <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon. Ahsoka is only about a month away. So that's going to be a very uh, exciting period for all of us. All right, thank you. My name is Thomas Sutton. This is Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. Hey!